Hello, everybody, and welcome to a different type of podcast here on Canadian Football Perspective. Thank you, as always, for following along at CF Perspective is where you can find anything and everything that we are doing, including something that is vastly different off the beaten path. But I will get to that and explaining the origin story of this podcast and where this could go coming up in just a second. Before I do that, none of this is possible without our good friends and partners over at Fox 40. Start your season off right with products from them. Of course, go get your coaching staff all geared up with custom logoed Fox 40 whistles, gears, coaching boards, and much, much more. Visit fox40shop.com and use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Uh, You probably clicked on this because you saw that it looked different it had a different title uh than anything we've done it's not the a block martian mellow the breakdown daily news all canadian like all that stuff is going to stay in the feed and all of that stuff is going to continue to hopefully grow and get bigger and better and we're doing our best to try and deliver you as much canadian football content as we possibly can however this is something that i have been thinking about and wanting to do for a significant period of time and it has a very personal tie in uh, that as I turn on the microphone here to be completely honest with you makes me uncomfortable and I'm okay with being uncomfortable which is part of of my journey of wellness and of understanding more things about myself and uh, and I the reason that I am putting this podcast together, this Wellness Wednesday, which I'm hoping to do every single week. And honestly, I was hoping to do every single week throughout the entire CFL season and possibly year round, even when the CFL is in the off season, because these themes are universal and they don't stop when the Grey Cup is awarded or start when training camp kicks off. Um, I found myself unable to turn on the microphone and start talking about uh, some of these things because partially it's it's personal it's private it's you know self-care a lot of the time is all about being able to stay private and deal with your own things uh but there's also this element that as guys uh, i think that a lot of the time we are terrified to admit that anything is wrong whatsoever and you know this always shows up on our doorsteps on uh bell let's talk day which is a tremendous initiative uh, but I remember doing Bell Let's Talk interviews on radio in Hamilton and not understanding worth a penny what that conversation was actually about. And then I, I kind of grew up and started to look at the world around me and had some things happen in my personal life that have certainly changed me and some for the better, some for the worse, but all part of you know the old hero's journey, as you always hear people talk about. And uh, and I decided, you know what, this needs to be a more consistent year-round discussion. There is a CFL tie-in here, of course, because you will hear from CFL players and their journeys and the things that they have dealt with and overcome and their biggest challenges and adversity and how they believe certain topics should be handled. Uh, and it's not... It's not just for men. I want to make that very clear as well on this podcast. Like the these themes are, of course, universal. They are not gender discriminatory, and neither are we at Canadian Football Perspective on any of the content that we put out. But here is the reality of why I want to 
be vulnerable and, and, and take on some of these conversations that uh, I'm not, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to be great at hosting them. I am a football play-by-play guy. I have a lot of learning myself to do in a lot of these different areas. Uh, but as guys, we are, I think, a lot of the time embarrassed, and I would put myself in that category for a long time, uh, to even listen to a podcast that had to deal with topics that weren't who's the best receiver in the Canadian football league. You know, I, I spent my whole life growing up listening to typical sports radio, doing sports radio, looking for laughs and jokes and talking about, you know, beers and getting hammered with your buddies after the big game and all these kind of things. And then, uh, as I said earlier, I had a son and things changed and evolved. And I appreciated that I was, uh, I was seeing life in a, a different light. And I basically want to make this podcast our little secret because you you don't have to subscribe to uh, any of the myriad of different podcasts that are out there that are, whether it be self-help, well-being, otherwise. Um, some of those of which, by the way, I'm, I'm hoping to throw snippets in here and there uh, of them and some of my favorite clips that I've listened to because I am a consistent listener of those kinds of, of podcasts and I do find great value in them because you, know, you pop your headphones in, you put the dog on the leash, grab a couple of poop bags, go for an hour-long walk and absorb whatever the topic is coming from somebody who is uh, significantly smarter than I am in talking about these kinds of things. Uh, but I want to be able to give people who typically would not dabble into this sort of realm or these sorts of discussions the opportunity, if you are interested, to listen to some of these conversations, to talk about some of these things. And if you, if you have a topic that you are interested in, if you want a deep dive uh, you want me to get a guest to, to discuss something that's been bothering you. You want to do it anonymously, contact me however you want, you know, block your name, whatever it needs to be. Like, I just, I think that this is a, a, a fun project that I have been interested in taking on for the betterment of uh, myself and anybody who wants to listen to it moving forward. And it also has a little bit of that CFL twist on it as well. Um, and so I will, uh, I will leave it at that for now in terms of kind of where I see this going, because I'll be honest with you, I don't really know where I see it going. I think that's part of the fun is that I don't, I don't really know what shape this is going to take moving forward. The one thing I'll say before I get to our interview with Brian Burnham, uh, which is sensational and Brian was incredibly kind and understanding of the type of conversation that I wanted to have with him was really vulnerable, which I thought was amazing and so incredibly kind of him, but uh, is that there is nothing wrong with admitting that you are struggling through whatever it might be. It might be something relatively small like imposter syndrome, which I'm sure we'll do a deep dive into at some point because I have dealt with that. Being a younger play-by-play guy stepping into a national television audience, the thought is constantly going through my head, what in the hell am I doing here? Even today, I step into the booth and I have a hell of a time and I love calling games, but it happens less and less than it used to. But that's very much still something that rattles around in my head, amongst other things, because my internal critic is crazy loud, always going, always has to be tampered down. 
there are strategies to deal with those kinds of things. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've read a lot of books about that kind of stuff. Um, and maybe that'll be something that kind of makes its way into the conversation as well as this thing continues to develop. But whether it be imposter syndrome or it be, uh, you know, your inter internal critic or it be something like alcoholism or, um, you know, you, you're burying trauma from your past, like any of those kind of things, there is nothing wrong with admitting that you are struggling to deal with something. And here's what I have learned through my own experience. I show up on national television, wear a shiny suit, enjoy the hell out of calling games, love interacting with CFL fans, studying the CFL game. It's my passion. It's my work. But through all of that, I go home at the end of the day and I've got stuff in my personal life that's going on. And what jumped out to me looking at my own life through that, that window, that prism, was, well, if I can go on television and wear the shiny suit and smile and give the football analysis, and when the end of the day comes and you have that quiet time to yourself, whether it's before bed, after dinner, early in the morning, when you have those moments where you get to reflect before the rush of the day begins or you have to hit your to-do list or all of the rest, what are, you, what are you feeling? Like, What are you actually going through? Are you self-aware enough? to recognize when things don't feel great? Are you honoring when they don't feel great or are you burying them? And what I learned was everybody, and this might be too much of a wide reaching broad statement, I genuinely believe this. Every single person on planet earth has something going on. Like think about that for a second. Every single person, it's just my opinion, but if you think about the number of people that you cross in a day, whether you are walking past them, driving past them, interacting with them, holding the door for them, um, saying hello when you're walking on a path, uh, you know, they've, they're walking their dog, you're walking yours, and you kind of make your way <laughs> around each other because you're not sure if your dogs are going to like each other or not. The number of people you cross in a day is in the thousands. If you're commuting, it's in the tens of thousands, right? Like maybe under that, I don't know. But we cross paths with so many people. And my perspective is that we have basically forgotten, I think, a lot of the time what human to human compassion and understanding is all about. And the mental health conversation and wellness and self help and all of these kind of things get muddied by people that are trying to a make profit off of it or uh, trying to get people to believe that they are the ones that have it all figured out or and i don't look at it that way i just look at it as every single person on this earth has something that they are dealing with it goes back to the old quote that your parents probably told you a long time ago the idea of um you know you want to treat people how you'd like to be treated or you know, be kind to everybody. You don't know what everyone's going through. I just take it a step further where I believe everybody has something that is going on. Like no person is immune to the human condition of the ups and the downs and the emotions and the struggles and the frustration and the joy and the, and really mental health. I feel like for a long, 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 long time. And in some parts of society still today is, is stigmatized as, well, it's all about negativity. Like people view mental health as depression. People view mental health as uh, addiction. Um, what I view it as is not just negative, but also the positive. Those things are constantly working with and against each other in our heads. 
And what mental health is all about is just being able to honor, recognize the fact that some days they're working for each other and some days they're working against each other. And whatever is happening that day, finding a way to move forward so that you can not be the happiest person you've ever been or block things out or go get hammered in order to forget that you're feeling shitty that day. The purpose is to recognize what's happening and actually absorb life. I know you did not expect to hear that from a football broadcaster, but this is stuff that I'm interested in. And absorbing the experience of life instead of trying to hide from it. Absorbing negative emotions and feelings instead of trying to constantly, which our brain naturally does, constantly protect us from the negative and only direct us towards the positive because our brain is constantly trying to protect us, is constantly trying to, oh, that looks like that might be dangerous. Don't do that. That's not safe. Or, um, you know, oh, that's going to make you feel really grumpy. Don't do that. Turn the other direction and run. When you don't take things on head on, as I have learned in my experience, they get worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's this great quote that I actually slipped into the broadcast of Argos hosting the Red Blacks in 2021, when I was pretty fresh on this journey of, of interest uh, into all of these things. It said, uh, life does not make mistakes. It just gives you lessons. And the lessons start very small. And each time that you don't listen to the lesson or learn from the lesson, those lessons get larger and larger and larger. Until eventually, the lesson that you've ignored is so large that it hurts. And the reason that it hurts is that pain is the universe's signal of getting your attention. Because when it's a small little thing, it doesn't hurt. But if you ignore it, the lesson will get larger and larger and larger. And if you ignore all of them until there's pain, then it hurts. It hurts real bad, right? And so I actually used that when I was talking about Caleb Evans throwing interceptions and having turnovers when the Argos played against the Red Blacks last year on a Wednesday night. At the end of the game, I said, well, you know, it's an old saying that you don't get, uh, you know, there's no mistakes, there's just lessons. And either you learn from the little lessons uh, or they become larger and they cause pain. Well, this one's going to hurt. <laughs> kind of like, I, I think I had read that quote like that week or something. And it just stuck with me because it perfectly encapsulated so many things that had happened uh, in my life, which by the way, this platform, Canadian football perspective and this wellness Wednesday podcast, like is not intended to be, uh, you know, divulge, divulging everything that happens in my life and whatnot, but I, I will be vulnerable. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, maybe it becomes more of an open platform to discuss certain things that have affected me personally, but the goal is not to be a, a tell all because, a, I don't think that's interesting, and B, I'm not that important. So it's if I can be used as an example um, that can bind people together and bring them some peace and, and some progress in their lives, then absolutely, that could be something that happens down the road. Uh, but for now, I really just want to use this as an opportunity to open the door for people who are not typically comfortable having conversations about these sort of things so that you can recognize and, uh, and grow, develop. I think that that's, that's meaningful because as I say, everybody has something going on and in the quiet moments of your day, do you know what your thing is? The thing that you are struggling with, the thing that you are pushing off, ignoring, 
that's the question. And, uh, and I think that that's one very much worth looking into as, as I am constantly endeavoring to do. So uh, anyways, I hope that's a nice little ramble off the top for you there. Uh, if you couldn't tell, didn't really script anything, had no idea where I wanted to go with any of this. Uh, I just forced myself to do the uncomfortable thing of turn the microphone on and commit to recording this episode uh, and hopefully many, many more to come if everyone enjoys and this uh, is finding value in them. So uh, let's get to Brian Burnham, uh, on-field accolades. <laughs> like, I don't have to explain to you how many all-stars and catches and moving up in the BC Lions all-time catch rankings and all the rest. Uh, what you might not know is, which this is crazy to me, like I, I had known bits and pieces of his story, but recognizing that the man that Brian Burnham is and the things he's been able to accomplish on the field, you have no idea what's happening when he takes his helmet and shoulder pads off and he goes home at the end of the day. And he has dealt with so much and the pain that he's been able to persevere through and remain one of the very best in the Canadian football league is nothing short of incredible. And I wanted you to hear that from him in his own words, which is why I was very thankful that Brian was able to give me his time here to join the Wellness Wednesday podcast on Canadian Football Perspective. Thanks for listening, everybody. I have respected this guy's game for as long as I've known CFL football, uh, to be honest with you, because his first year in the Canadian Football League, 2014, Brian Burnham? 2014, 2014. And at at that point, I was losing a Vanier Cup, so I was still wearing a helmet. Uh, But I very quickly started to realize before I got into covering the CFL in 2015, the following year doing Tiger Cats radio. Oh my God, this, this dude that's out there wearing orange, is like one handed grab here, one handed grab there. And I started, <laughs> I started to really respect your game a lot. Uh, and then I got to know the guy a little bit from the rare interview. We'd cross paths. I'd read a story about you, all the rest. And so I feel very, very lucky to have you on here with the first edition of the uh, Canadian Football Perspective Wellness Podcast, because uh, you're a guy, as I said to you just before we turn on the mics, who's a hell of a lot more than just a football player. And, and I respect the dude that you've uh, you've been in the CFL as much as anybody around. So thank you for being here, first and foremost. I appreciate it. And I'm honored to be the first guest. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, you know, it was man. Lucky Whitehead turned me down. So it was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. <laughs> That's been happening to me a lot recently. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, I uh, yeah, you were definitely one of the first guys that I thought of wanting to get you on here. And it's uh, a little bit piggybacking off of the story that JC Abbott and Three Down Nation did, writing about you and your family background mm-hmm. and, and trying to mm-hmm. um, become a father. And the reason that it struck a chord with me is that uh, I have a 22-month-old son right now. And the idea of going through what you have to try and, and reach that point uh, is gut-wrenching, to be honest, because it's mm-hmm. I, the thing I find interesting is there's there's this journey through football, but there's this journey through life. And all people ever see is you with the helmet and the shoulder pads on and that practice and that game. And then you turn it off and then you go home. And that personal journey for you has had a lot of ups and downs. Um, so for people that yeah. don't, don't know, tell them kind of your journey through trying to become a father and, and the way that you have handled that with, with your, uh, your wife. Yeah. Um, this was a difficult journey and we're still on that journey. Right. Um, but you know, it's kind of crazy. It just, 
honestly, I'll just go back to like 2019. Of course. Honestly, all the years leading up to that, my wife was always up here in BC with me. Uh, We were living together. So, you know, after practice every day, I was going home to my wife. Happy 2019 was the happiest I had ever been playing the game of football. Um, I was playing well, having a great time with the guys around me. And then going home and spending time with my wife, life couldn't have been any better for me. Um, And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits and, you know, there's no football. That was hard. And at the same time, we're in the process of trying to start a family, right? Um, And trying to do that during the pandemic was difficult because all of the doctor's appointments at the beginning, I wasn't allowed to go to. I wasn't allowed to be in there. It was only my wife that was allowed to be in there. So I would drive her. Uh, the doctor that we chose was actually in Oklahoma City. And we're in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. So it's about an hour and a half drive that we were making twice a week. Um, and, you know, I would go. I would drop her off. I would sit in the parking lot. And, you know, I don't want to embarrass her too much, but... You know, the amount of times that she came out crying. Of course. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's so hard. And for me, I got to be the tough guy. I got to be the guy that this babe is going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Uh, and kind of suppressing all those feelings I had. Um, and we went through that for a good year. Uh, in vitro fertilization, um, did that two or three times. Um, the amount of injections she had to take, I was giving her the injections, uh, just taking like four shots a day. Um, and nothing was working. And it was just really taxing on her physically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, and for me, again, I just kept, I was suppressing my feelings because I was trying to be her rock. I was trying to be there for her. I was trying to make sure she felt okay. Um, and, and she did her best to try to do the same for me. But in my mind, I, I, I kind of felt alone. I kind of felt like I didn't have anybody understanding where I was at, honestly, because I was closed off. I, I, I tried to put up that shield, that wall. And like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll take care of her. Um, but it got to a point where you know, all those doctor's appointments, all the money we spent, nothing worked. And it was the off season leading up to last season. I think it was February, March. Uh, she got pregnant. And the same day we found out she got pregnant, we found out that it wasn't viable. She wasn't going to be able to keep it. And that was really difficult for both of us. Um, and... And then I leave and she's not allowed to come with me because of all the COVID protocols. So it's the first season that I'm away from her and she's at home kind of dealing with some of this stuff on her own. Um, and then I mentioned uh, it was the, the Toronto game. The day that we're traveling, she calls me and I find out that she had a miscarriage. And for me, it's like, you got to, you got to feel the emotions real quick, but then you got to suck it up and, and go play a football game. You know, I can't sit there and be pouting and, and, and look sad around my teammates because well, that might affect them. So, 
you know, I'm sucking it up and just gotta go out, just gotta go out there and play. You gotta do your job. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand. They don't, they don't know that. They don't realize that. And, you know, they think, I don't know, they think it's easy. They think, oh, we're just getting, we're just playing football. And, you know, you see the, you see, you've seen the way people talk about athletes online all the time. And, um, these don't, people don't realize that, you know, we're humans. We have the same emotions as everybody else. Um, and a lot of times we have to suppress that because it's going to affect our game. And, you know, it's just hard. And you hear fans just, uh, they yeah. just they just There's don't know game. the difference though. They just right? don't like, know. And, and exactly. it's and, and it's because you and, and I honestly I respect you so much for being able to share all of that because there are people that will hear that story that it will add value to struggles that they are going through, right? And there's a lot of you talk about like, oh, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta be the man, I gotta suppress all that stuff. Like I guarantee, Brian, there's a ton of dudes listening to this right now, whether it's going through that or alcoholism or they're burying something from their past that they've had to go where they are hearing that and saying oh dude like this guy that i've looked up to that's been scoring all these incredible touchdowns for so long like he goes through the same stuff i do and that's what i i find there i mean there's a lot a lot of layers to what you're talking about but like you know if an accountant goes into work or somebody who works at the wendy's on the corner whatever it's like if they go in and they've got terrible things happening in their personal life that are really bothering them it really doesn't matter they go in they work the nine to five they might you know not go for lunch and sit in the break room with right. their coworkers or whatever like you don't you have nowhere to hide yeah like you're you're on the platform and it's like right go right. you you have no yeah. choice right and even the idea of you traveling like i called yeah. that tr- that toronto bc game that went to overtime last year and like you had yeah. a ama- an amazing touchdown catch in that game I remember calling that touchdown mm-hmm. catch and with the inside of where that timeline fits on the traveling date, that's incredible to me that you were able to, again, whether it's healthy or not, and I'm sure you've done enough understanding of yourself that, oh yeah, it probably wasn't the healthiest thing for me to try to shut down and block things out, but you don't have a choice. You're under contract yeah, and you got to go play a game. And I just, I find that to be such an incredible right. challenge for people that are at your level. Yeah, I appreciate that. And it's just, you know, it's a, I'm not a rarity. You know, you hear, you hear about it all the time. You know, there's guys in the NFL, you know, there's a guy, um, God, I'm blanking on his name. He was a receiver, uh, for Tampa Bay and he, he had lost, they, him and his wife had lost, uh, a baby and he went out and, you know, scored a touchdown that very next game. And, you know, you hear people, you know, Brett Favre, after he lost his dad, went out there and just had the game of his life. And, a lot of times, you know, you, you, for me, that Toronto game, you take all of those emotions and you try to use it. You take it and you try to use it as fuel to push you forward. When I'm tired, I just think about all the bad shit. Yeah. And that kind of fuels me to, to push through it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly hard to explain, but, um, but yeah, I mean, because you just have to, because the opponent doesn't care. The opponent doesn't care if you're not feeling good, if you're if you're sad, if you're, you know, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take that weakness and they're gonna expose it. So I have to use that emotion to to almost enrage me to 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 fuel that anger just to 
make it through. And then after the game, it just all falls apart. You know, you held it together for as long as you could. And after the game, it just falls apart. And that's where having great guys, having a Mike Riley made a huge difference because I was the one guy I felt like, you know what, I need to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody about what's going on in my life. I can't hold on to this anymore. And I sat down and had to talk with him about it. And that made me feel a little bit better, you know, just just having that person. Um, well, that, that's you know, my, an, an interesting point to me, Brian, because like having the vulnerability to be able to share when you say like, oh, that made me feel a little bit better. It's because there's a sense of community mm-hmm. there. Right. And it's a sense of understanding. Right, for sure. And without for that, sure. that sense of community, you feel like you are nameless, faceless, emotionless. I go in, I do the job, I leave, I go home. And your reward system Mm-hmm. Is, is not anywhere close to feeling like a human. So when I hear you say like, oh, you know, I, I talked to Mike Riley and we were able to sit down and he kind of heard me out. I guarantee you left that room feeling the best that you had in a year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that, exactly. Because it was that from the day we started doing, starting the process of trying to start a family to that day, I hadn't talked to anybody about it. And I had suppressed those emotions, those feelings, that anger for a whole year. And it got to the point where it was just like, I can't, I just can't hold on to it anymore. I just can't. It's going to start to, to, I mean, it had already started to affect me physically, mentally, even though I thought I was burying it, even though I thought I wasn't thinking about it. It was, it was in the back of my mind. It was, it was there. You know, so it was definitely affecting the way I was playing. It was affecting the way I was approaching each day. It was affecting the way I was acting around guys. And uh, man, that's a special thing about this room, about the group, the team that we have this year, especially the receiving core. Um, they know when something's up. Um, you know, I, I lost a very close family friend uh, during training camp. Uh, her name is Liz Plum, and she is the absolute nicest person in the world. And when I heard that, that that she had passed, you know, I just felt like I couldn't go that day. And when I get into the locker room, guys knew, guys knew immediately, like, Bruno, like, what's up? What's going on? And being able to talk to those guys and not hold on to that, it just made that process a lot easier for me. So, so this group, having the right people around you, man, it makes such a difference. Um, so... Yeah, that's what's special about this group. And and it's kind of what I've learned going through the pain that I've gone through is that you can't hold on to it. You have to go through the emotions. You have to allow yourself to to grieve, to be sad, to be able to move on, or else it's gonna hold you back. And that's what it did. It it did it did that to me last year, honestly. It held me back a little bit. Um, not just on the field, but just in life. You know, I wasn't the same person I was. I wasn't laughing all the time. You know, I love to laugh. I, it's not it's not hard to make me laugh. And last year I wasn't I wasn't doing much laughing. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like it, because you are one of the leaders of that locker room? I know that from you know just a sports perspective. Like guys respect you. They know it. You're tenured. You've been around. You understand how the league works. You know, you're working with some of the younger guys to try and up their game and all the rest. But you are respected and then you become the one who opens up and is vulnerable to your teammates 
And I think there's so much power in the guy who's the veteran, who's the old head, who's the, you know, still making plays and all the rest, but to be the player who everyone looks at as the on-field performer when they're the one who's being vulnerable and setting the culture of the locker room of, hey, you got a problem? Come in and talk. Like, that's a whole different level of building culture inside of a room because it's very rare that at the top of your talent in an organization, you also have the one who's saying, hey, it's okay to address these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you said, I think that is important. Um, like you said, you know, being the leader, being the guy who's been here for eight, nine years, the one that you know guys look up to the guys look to to set the example uh for me to open up and be vulnerable I, I i agree with you i think it's important i think it's important for leaders to to make the locker room a place where we could talk about whatever you know we don't got to be tough around each other we all know we're tough we we go out there and play we see each other every day out there on the field we know we're tough Man, we could talk about life. We could talk about what's going on. And I think that's what's special about this team. And that's why we're we're good right now. That's why we're five and one. That's why you see the receiving core just having fun out there doing the dances and just 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 making plays, having fun. Because we're close off the field. Uh always talking about, you know. The way we the way we were raised, the the things in our lives that that have affected us, the the things we're going through right now, we're cool talking about that stuff. And like you said, it is important because when you hold on to it, it is going to negatively affect you. And you know, I'm, I'm I know from experience. Um, but sometimes you don't always have the guys around you that you feel comfortable to talk to. Right. So like you said, for me being the leader, to to let guys know this it's cool. It's cool to talk about this stuff. Um, I think it's important. It is very important. And uh man, it's just it's I think it's been you know, I, I am the leader, but at the same time, um I think we just have a group of leaders. Mm. Speaking of the just the receiving core, I think and, and that's my, my leadership style is to allow everybody to lead everybody needs an opportunity to lead if somebody has something to say say it i don't care if you've played one game zero games somebody has something to say say it um so that's just kind of my approach you know i'm not gonna sit there and and talk down to anybody i'm not gonna say you can't speak because you haven't done this or you haven't been here long enough no this is this is my room, the receiver's room, is a place where whatever's on your mind, let's talk about it. And that's really helped me. It's been great. Just, you know, when you're going through things, air it out. Yeah. Let it be known. Because these guys, guys in this room, they want to help, man. They we, we love each other. We And it's important. And that's one, one thing for with Coach Rick, uh, Rick Campbell, man. He's been awesome with uh, mental health, mental wellness. Um, we have a team psychologist who comes in and talks to us and and it's important because I mean, at the end of the day, you have to have your head on straight. If you want to go out there and you want to succeed, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Rick 
sees us as more than football players. We're, we're people, we're humans, and he cares about us past the football field. And I think that's really important. And uh, that's how I feel about these guys in this room that, you know, life is so much bigger than football. Football has brought us all together, but, you know, I really care about these guys past football. I care about what happens to them when they're done playing. I care about what's going on with their families. Because um, at the end of the day, that's what's important. If football ended today, I have my family. I have my health. Um, and that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so well said, man. And it's uh, honestly, I think there's so many people listening to this who will hear the workplace environment that's been created by Rick and guys like yourself and the leadership structure and all the rest and be like, man, why can't we have that? <laughs> right? Like there's, there's a lot of people in a lot of different <laughs> lines of work that are like, damn, I would love to be in a workplace like that. Cause I don't have that. Yeah. I don't feel that. But, but that takes time to build trust and to understand people so that you can be yeah. vulnerable. Like you say, it's, you're not going to walk into the room the first day and there's a rookie that's from Oklahoma who's there, who wants to take your job and be like, Hey man, like I got a family friend who passed away and it, it's like, it doesn't hit home. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Right. Why are you talking to me like this? Right. Right. Uh, well, right, right. I but, don't even know you. Yeah. But, but you guys have been yeah. able to cultivate a lot of that. And that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, where do you and your wife stand at, at this point uh, in your journey to accomplish? So we are still trying to have kids. We're not doing the IVF and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, we're just naturally trying to have them. And if it happens, it happens. Uh, but we actually, uh, we uh, have a foster son. He, uh, we, man, we met him February 15th, um, this past off season. And it's been, I mean, I, I just, it's hard to explain just the, the happiness that I've felt since that day that we got him. Um, this time last year, I was at my lowest and this time, and right now I'm, I'm, I don't know if I've ever been this happy, you know, it is, it's crazy. Um, and I was so nervous because I, I just, you know, as a man, I don't know. I just thought, am I going to be able to love this little kid as much as I would my own? And I was afraid. And the second I saw him, it was just like, oh, it's gone, I love right? this little and, dude. And, and I honestly, love this little dude. Yeah. Honestly, man, I would say as somebody, like I said, who, who has my own child, like th it's the exact same thing. Like there's no difference between that fear of, am I going to be able to do that? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, is yeah. it, are they going to love me? Are right. they going to be able to figure out like, how are they going to connect with me? Can we maintain that connection as they right. grow, as they grow up? Are the conversations going to become more difficult because you're going to have to, and it's, yes, there is an added layer. I'm not minimizing what you've gone through and having to do it a different way, but it's the idea that like, I've gone through the same fear. I've gone through the same tension in my mind mm -hmm. and that inner voice just churning and asking myself all these questions and then but then the thing is like you see them and any day that you see them yeah. and, and they do something dumb or fun or whatever it's like <laughs> none of that matters like it's all gone. I, it. I saw a great quote the yeah. other day that said uh like kids don't care what car you drive how big your house is like how much money you make yeah. they, they don't care where you live they care that you spend time with them and they they spell yeah. they spell love t-i-m-e it's like that's it. Like time is yeah, love. Right. Awesome. And, and so that's, like that. that's kind yeah. of a, a cool way to look at, at your journey is like the more time that you've had where you've been in pain and trying to find solutions for this, the more time you've had to be able to dive in and appreciate the fact that there's a lot of different right. ways to be a parent. Right. Right. For sure. For sure. And it's just been amazing. My wife has been 
man, she's been a rock star. She's awesome. I mean, she's been through so much just herself in her life. And then to go through finding out that she's not going to be able to have kids, right. most likely. Um, and then doing it by herself while I'm up here playing football. Yeah. Man, uh, she's awesome. She's so, I, I just can't act. She is great. <laughs> she is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You are in um, awe, is what I'm getting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not worthy. <laughs> well, I think, uh, uh, you know, I, I did read a thing not long ago on the concept of awe and the fact that uh, being inspired by something that is significantly larger than us uh, can take on many forms, whether that's family, religion, spirituality, uh, you know, nature, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that might be. Uh, and yeah, hearing you describe that is you're in awe and that gives you a great amount of appreciation because you're just like, how, how are you doing this? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's awesome. Well, I, uh, I appreciate you coming on, Brian. Thank you for being uh, a part of this and telling your story. I know a lot of people are going to enjoy being able to, to hear your journey through. And, uh, I gotta admit, it made me smile the second that you started talking about mm-hmm. your, your foster child because your face completely changed here on the Zoom, just <laughs> blew up and it was a whole lot of fun. So thank you, man. I appreciate uh, it. By the, by the way, how did you puncture a lung and break ribs on a little crossing road? It didn't even look bad. What the, <laughs> what the hell happened? So it was sad. It didn't even look bad. It was just, <laughs> it was just like the perfect storm of me. Uh, I was, I was like, I was going up the field to catch the ball. He was coming down at the perfect time and just, God, it's crazy, man. Well, I would ask myself the same thing. Uh, I'm glad that you're getting back healthy and I'm glad we're going to see you back on the Appreciate field again it. soon, man. So thank you yeah, for everything. And I'm looking forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you, man. Sounds good. It's a pleasure to be on, man. Uh, definitely would love to come back on again at some point.